But what, uh, what should we be keeping our eye out for as the day goes on, as the week goes on? Because we're not getting answers tonight. Yeah. So I think, well, so I think there is a world in which we have, like, there's really, there's two possibilities that I'm focusing on um, for the election. One is that we should not expect results tonight. We should not expect results tomorrow. We should not expect results necessarily anytime soon. There is a world in, it's certainly not in, you know, in some of our local elections, you know, all the votes in our local elections, the elections that actually, you know, make the difference in our day-to-day lives, those votes are not all going to be counted until somewhere near the end of the month. Um, So it's very possible we won't know which judges were retained. We won't know whether the fair tax passed. Um, We won't know uh, where where our two competitive or our four competitive congressional elections wound up. Um, We won't know those things until later in the month. In terms of the presidential election, uh, there is a world in which we know what's going to happen very, very late tonight or early tomorrow morning. And that's the world in which Joe Biden wins by a landslide. If Joe Biden does not win by a landslide, we're going to have to sit on our hands and we're going to have to wait. We might not know the results this week. We might not know the results this month. It could take a very, very long time to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so people should not be prepared for the usual election night theater and the sort of conclusiveness that the media has offered us in the past. Um, because unless the result is very, very lopsided, we're not going to know one way or the other. I, I'm glad that you mentioned the the media, and I'm using the the air quotes because, of course, big air quotes for the media. Yeah, not a monolith, obviously, but you know, I people know well, it, currently on the media. I know we're, we're the media right now, no, but I mean, people know what you mean when you say that. That being said, the media's responsibility, like right now, is uh, cannot be overstated, and. Yes. Things like semantics and phrasing are going to be really uh, interesting as we watch who phrases what how. Because we, I think we all know, because he told us himself that uh, the president will not uh, concede and may give a, I'm also using victory or air quotes around the word victory uh, speech, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what happens tonight. And how we frame it when that happens. I think is going to go a long way to shaping this whole thing. What do you think that the the media's responsibility here is or or should be? You know, I think that that's a really interesting question. It's also, you know, it's it's I'm not even going to say it's a horrifying question because it's just a time appropriate question. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the times that we live in, and I think, you know, the media writ large has the responsibility tonight to say we are covering initial election returns. And the primary responsibility should be emphasizing and overemphasizing to counteract the last, you know, several decades of this is the election night. We're going to know everything tonight or tomorrow morning sort of narrative that they've been putting out. Yeah. Folks have to say, like, you know, the people on MSNBC, the people on Fox News, they're not going to say it. But like, you know, Wolf Blitzer and his magic wall, (laughs) they all need to say these are the initial election results. This is not the full vote. This is a percentage. This is not a large percentage. This is part. Um, and that this is, they shouldn't even be calling it election night. They should be calling it election week. Um, and I think in the event and the, the probability that Trump gives a quote unquote victory speech, um, the responsibility of mainstream media actors is to say, this is, uh, Trump is declaring victory prematurely. The votes have not all been counted. We do not know who has won the election. And at that point, they need to start calling it a coup. 
They need to say the person who did not, who the election is not over. It is irresponsible to declare victory. It is undemocratic to declare victory. And the sitting president of the United States is attempting to remain in power before he knows whether or not he was reelected. And especially if it looks like he's not going to get reelected, there needs to be a particular emphasis on Donald Trump is attempting to remain in office even though he lost the election, or it looks like he will lose the election. Um, you know, call it a coup, call it what it is, say that it's undemocratic, say that it's unacceptable. We need a unity of message in this moment saying this is not, you know, for all the things the country purports to stand for and does not actually stand for. Um, and, you know, this is Vocalo. The, re- the listeners know what we're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Uh, now, so, I, I, I do want to ask you about the, the voter guide itself. My favorite thing about the voter guide, the, <laughs> the girl, I guess, progressive voter guide, is how many folks that, like, I never would have thought would share or even take part in something with the word progressive right there in the title uh, were out here sharing the link out here, uh, printing it out and bringing it with them to their polling places, uh, letting other people know that this is a valuable resource. Uh, but my second favorite part about this whole thing is like that you have become kind of a de facto tip line. People are writing to you, putting things in your comments, sending you DMS about things that they've been observing about the race about uh, the election and how it's going in their neighborhood. What are some of the more interesting things that come through the girl, I guess, tip line, the unofficial tip line? Oh, gosh. You know, I, yeah, you know, you are right. I, I sort of have become gossip girl for the election. I guess this is how, like, <laughs> I guess this is how Perez Hilton felt back in the early 2000s. Oh, that's the, a callback. <laughs> that's, I, I, I've, I've dated myself significantly with that <laughs> reference. Um, but, you know, I think some of the most interesting things that come down the pipeline are actually in the primaries because folks in the democratic party progressives who are running like candidates who are running for local offices pay attention apparently. And, you know, I've had people send me opposition research. I've had people send me like street corner gossip. It's just fascinating. And what's really come down the most in the general election is a crap ton of emails about judges so, so, so many emails about judges. You know, I, I had said initially in the voter guide that I wasn't going to do full judicial coverage mm-hmm. because I really trust the people at Injustice Watch um, who write a fantastic judicial voter guide that people can check out at injusticewatch.org forward slash judges. Um, I trust them to be my source for judicial retention elections and judicial elections in general. They're what I use. They're what I use to, you know, to vote and to inform my research for Girl, I guess. Um, but people just kept emailing me and emailing me and emailing me about judges, 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 judges. And so I said, all right, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to put a judicial endorsement for all retention races on the ballot in the guide without commentary because there are so many judges. Yeah. Um, and people, people kept emailing. They said, oh, are you going to do judicial coverage? So I think um, it's going to become a, a staple of Girl, I guess, in the future, you know, providing that, that I have the opportunity to keep writing uh, the guide for elections. Um, you know, and, I, and I'm going to, as long as we have elections and as long as I'm able to do it, I'm going to keep writing the guide um, and expect more comprehensive judicial coverage uh, going forward. But also, you know, if you are somebody out there who's informed about an election, uh, send me what you know. You know I, I can only learn so much on my own from the research that I'm able to conduct and the relationships that I have. Um, actually, the most fascinating thing that came down was in 
the 44th Ward, mm -hmm. there is a single precinct referendum on whether or not to allow late night alcohol sales in one precinct in the 44th Ward. Is this the one that has, uh, that's around ties till four? Yes, this is the one that's around ties till four. And so I, I don't live in the 44th Ward. I don't know that much about the 44th Ward outside of what everybody knows about the 44th Ward is that it contains Wrigleyville Town. Um, and I read, I read the referendum on the ballot and I said, this is the silliest thing I've ever heard. Why does this matter? Um, and I said, vote no, because this is ridiculous. Um, it reminds me of the, of the softball referendum from two years ago where there was a question about whether the, the city should fund a softball league. Um, and <laughs> you're asking people to vote on this. <laughs> yes. And so somebody emailed me and said, Hey, I am from the next door group of this neighborhood. And this is what's going on. Mm. Um, this is what's going on with this referendum. And apparently uh, it centers around a bar called Ties Till Four, allegedly. I, I can neither confirm nor deny this. This is just what I was told. Um, and the bar apparently sometimes gets a bit rowdy and the people who live in the neighborhood don't like it. Um, and the entire referendum is centered around getting them to lose their, liquor their late night liquor license. Um, however, upon further examination and talking to some of my friends uh, who work in some of the aldermanic offices in that area, the referendum, even if it were binding, would not make the bar lose its late night liquor license. It would just prevent future bars from obtaining them. But since ties already exist, they wouldn't lose their license. Mm. They have to go through like the, the, oh, the commerce department or what, sure. whatever the department of the city is called. Um, the business management part of the, of, of the city and file complaints if they want an existing business to lose their license. Um, but what this was actually prevent is like wine bars. It wouldn't actually do anything about the rowdiness uh, at that bar, yeah. um, which from all accounts, although some like dicey things have happened there, seems about as rowdy as your typical straight bar. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the key difference is that it's on like a major street and sometimes people are just like, oh, this is like representative of the whole it's, a, it's very pearl clutching. It's very pearl clutching. I've been to that bar a few times. It's, it's not my favorite. But, you know, once you, it's a, I, I hate the term slippery slope, but that's exactly what it is. Uh, you get this one bar shut down and now the whole neighborhood's nightlife and livelihood. Not that we have a lot of it right now anyway, but like, that's not the point. Like, you moved to Wrigleyville. What do you want to cancel baseball too? <laughs> right, right. And so that was the most ridiculous thing that came down this election was uh, what I'm calling the Karen referendum on the bar. Stephanie, uh, you are a delight, first of all, and uh, thank you, thank such you. a great uh, citizen journalist. Uh, where can people find the Girl I Guess Progressive Voter Guide? Just yes, so you can find the Girl I Guess Progressive Voter Guide at girliguess.com. Uh, you can find all my coverage and all the endorsements for every competitive election on the ballot and all 62 judicial re uh, retention races in a TLDR section at the top of the document. Um, you can print it out or you can take it with you on your phone into the polling place. It is legal to have a reference with you in the polling place. Do what you need to do. Be safe. Be smart. Go vote. Go vote. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Jill. Always love being on.